Hello and welcome to the NRL Fantasy Amateurs podcast, take two for round 15. Ryan tells me it's episode 26 this week, so uh, if that's wrong, you can all blame him. Uh, Ryan, uh, obviously we had a uh, second technical malfunction last night, so we're going to be uh, rehashing it, but uh, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic about uh, about just absolutely doing it fantastic tonight, so... Yeah, well, I mean, last night's episode was rubbish anyway, so this one's going to be 10 times better. Yeah, obviously. Mate, well, <laughs> I, I, I was saying to you today, uh, the, the big thing that I that I missed this week is I didn't get a, a musical number in to the podcast last night. Uh, so maybe the recording software actually worked that out and just went, nah, rubbish, they'll do that. They can do it again. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking well, forward uh, to hear what you got prepared. Yeah, mate, I'll, 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 I've got to wing it, so I'll just, I'll have, something will have to come to me. Mate, uh, jumping into the, jumping into the first game, which is the Broncos versus the Rabbitohs tomorrow night. Uh, significant fantasy changes. Tessie New holds that spot in the back line at at one. Obviously, Asako wasn't knocking down the door to stay there, um, but uh, I think sort of looking at where he's priced in the mid three hundreds, he's not somebody that we would be jumping back on. No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, he did look all right playing at fullback, but yeah, I, I don't think given his price range, he's one that people are going to be targeting. And um, given that he doesn't play round 17 either, that really doesn't help. I think a lot of more people are going to be targeting um, a Raiders fullback that we'll talk about a little bit later. But mm. um, yeah, for mine, I'd probably just steer clear. And honestly, the less Broncos you can have, the better, I'd say. At yeah. The well, that's it. We basically got... For those of us that held on to Tyson Gamble, which should have been everybody after Albert Kelly was ruled out late, um, we're just going to enjoy those price rises. Uh, Payne Haas is kind of limping through as a pretty good mid option, though there's not really a lot else uh, in the mid category. Same goes for Pengai. One who, one person we actually didn't discuss on the pod last night, we had a couple of questions about on the Facebook, so I'd like to ask you, you about him, which is mm. Tom Flegler. Hmm. Uh, obviously, we recommended him a little while ago. We highlighted his PPM as being a little bit up and down. It seems to be a little bit more down, though, and less up. Yeah. Um, do we reckon he's one of these guys that uh, has suffered a little bit from the the change in style of play and maybe he's, he's not the, the right style of player? Yeah, potentially. I mean, he's had these um, – Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think the biggest concern would be – Last week against the Raiders, Asiata shifting to um, shifting to Locke and Flegler coming off the bench because Flegler's PBM was actually quite good last week. He scored thirty three in thirty two minutes. So the mm. big problem there is thirty two minutes. Um, yeah. You know, like if he was doing that while playing forty five minutes, you'd, you'd be laughing. Like, yeah, you'd be quite happy. Um, I guess now you know his break even's in the low thirties. He's in one of those positions where if he doesn't, you know, start putting up uh, close to fifty scores soon. He's yeah, he's really not going to go anywhere. I guess he's not he's not an urgent sell by any means. Given that his his break even you know is in the low thirties, he's not going to be going backwards really. But yeah, he's one of these guys that really hasn't kicked on like we thought he might. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit unfortunate. But I guess yeah, playing in a in a poor team, you <laughs> sometimes you get yeah. that. But yeah. Yeah, he's probably yeah. For me, he's probably one of those guys. That if if you got him, you can just hold him. But if there's a, an obvious trade that you can do to to improve him, um, you can do that. I probably wouldn't want to be relying on him for a scoring seventeen player at this point. Mm. Uh, outside of the Broncos, so it's really just Haas and Pangai that you that you might want, and 
and a team and even then Haas is kind of not really looking that great at the moment but I mean he's going to present a great value once he adjusts to the speed of the game I think yeah I tend to agree I still think he's in that keeper bracket um for mine I think he's one if you don't own him you probably you're probably waiting until after origin I think Mm. um you know break even still 81 this week and you know he's got origin coming up what next week and then you got one more game and then he's into origin again. Um, and then what round 18, every chance he either gets a rest or reduced minutes, but yeah, who knows? Um, I, I think he's probably one to target for round 18 or 19. I, I tend to think if you don't own him, but um, just given the lack of real quality middles, I, I still think he's, he's in that keeper bracket. Um, mm. he's, he's just not, I just, he's just not must have like he was in previous year, years currently. Yeah, it kind of feels like maybe the the best mids to have are guys that actually aren't mids, which is yeah. funny because and ironic because in every other season it's always been that the edges were the bad position <laughs> and you used to you used to chock a lucky team full of locks and now they've made it so you yeah. have to pick edge guys and you want you're like why I want more edge guys why do I have to have so many mids so <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's just weird. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. Rabideau's side of the ball. Uh, Latrell's a big one. Obviously, he's in a lot of teams, but he's kind of feels to me to be a rung below some of these other options. That 13.3% ownership he is in quite a lot of teams. Yeah, and that's quite surprising. I, I guess um, there's probably a lot of teams that aren't uh, super active with him still in their side. Um, I think most mm. most players would have sold him once he got suspended, but... Yeah, I mean, if you're still holding him, I, I think he's probably one to look at um, upgrading. Maybe this isn't the week to do it, given that he's playing the Broncos. But um, I think by the time the next Origin rolls around, you're probably wanting to, to upgrade him to, to one of these elite guns. Yep. Uh, outside of that, obviously, we got the two centres who are uh, both options in their own right. Obviously, Gagai's got a really nice low break, even 25 back in the team after uh, we thought that you managed to break his hand, but then he, he was okay. Uh, so he just had that week off and he's back now. Um, I mean, I've had a lot of people looking at moves like Laurie to Gagai banking the 40K and, and getting a nice dual uh, potential, you know, gun center there. Yeah, I mean, I love it. You you, you already know that I'm a, a gay guy fan. I, I picked him up in round 12, um, put up a beautiful hat trick for me the first week I had him and then, yeah, it didn't back up after Origin, unfortunately. But um, I, I guess I, I tend to think he's probably going to back up after game three. It seemed like Bennett's just trying to give everyone like one game off sort mm. of thing. Um, and he's just like sort of rotating when he's doing that. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, I think he'll probably back up after round 18, but... Um, he certainly appears, in, in my mind, he's probably the second, maybe third best center. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I definitely think he's one to target at that price point. Yep. Uh, outside of that, for this Rabbitohs team, key piece of news here is um, Marshall's just been completely left out. Yeah. So they're rolling with um, Braden Burns on the bench. The, I guess that's good news for Damian Cook, being that he's going to pretty much be guaranteed to play 80 minutes this week. You'd have to think if Burns comes on, it's going to be his injury cover or maybe they give uh, Latrell an early shower and shift Alex Johnson or something like that. Um, but, I mean, the other thing is it's good news for mm. the forwards here because Marshall has come on a couple of times in that middle role, probably the main guys being Ken Murray yeah. and uh, and Colum- actually Colomitungi and Arrow as well, potentially. You highlighted yesterday. So talk to me a little bit about Arrow. 
Yeah, Arrow is um, an interesting one, seeing him on the edge there. Um, it's he's. I think he's one you definitely want to wait and see what his role is going to be. Again, he's another origin guy, so not one to be rushing in. But um, I think there's potential there that he plays the first 20 to 30 minutes on an edge and we see like Jacob Hose coming on and then Arrow shifting into the middle, which could be great for his minutes because that's one of the big um, drawbacks of Arrow this year. He just hasn't been really getting the minutes that he was getting at the Gold Coast. Um yeah, so I mean, for mine at 515k, but he potentially represents someone to to keep an eye on um, as maybe a final team keeper. But yeah, just keep an eye on him. And obviously, uh, your man Cam Murray uh, at, at lock, he, he's one that you're quite a fan of, isn't he? Yeah, well, I mean, he's a good attacking player. Uh, the Rabbitohs have a really soft schedule. Obviously, he's got a really high break even of 80 this week. So certainly no rush to get him in, but that dual position attacking player, soft schedule, out of origin, I think is going to be absolutely fantastic. So have a look at him potentially as a 18th man might be sort of what you'd be looking at him for. Mm. Uh, and, I mean, the other option in this team is Campbell Graham as well. We've had a, he's sort of high break even, not really scoring that well at the moment. So just pencil him into your watch list. Had a couple of people in the group, the Facebook group today talking about both of these Rabbitohs halves, um, highlighting Adam Reynolds as a potential option as a, a point of difference to everybody that's jumping on Sean Johnson this week, who we'll tackle a little bit later. Um, I mean, it feels to me like that sort of decision is just taking a pod for the sake of taking a pod. Mm. Yeah, I can see why they're considering it, given the Bron- uh, sorry, given the Rabbits' schedule over the coming month. Like they've got. Uh, Broncos, Tigers, Cowboys, Bulldogs over the next four weeks into mm-hmm. Warriors, Dragons. Um, yeah, it's it's a fairly soft run home. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for mine, I, I don't know. I just think Sean Johnson presents because, uh, I mean, the Sharks have an equally soft schedule. and oh, It's softer, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, can, I, I think, like you said, it's just a pod for the sake of taking a pod. Um, yeah. And keeping in mind that Reynolds is owned by 6% and Sean Johnson's owned by like 1.5 at the moment. So you're actually not buying a pod. Well, you probably are in the top 5,000, but not uh, not total. So, yeah, I think you're really just sort of doing it for the sake of it. So I just lean towards Sean Johnson. If you need two players this week, I mean, sure, why not? We're jumping on the abandoning the brothel strat and we're jumping on the all halves and wing fullback strat this year. So certainly one to keep an eye on. Uh, I reckon we might move on to the next game, which is the Cowboys versus the Sharks. Cowboys are not a particularly relevant fantasy team. Uh, Footy-wise, this is the best Cowboys side that's been on the park this year, full stop. Uh, I think this is their best 17 players in the right positions here now. So, um, I mean, the only one that's missing is Bowen for Lemuelu, but that's kind of not really, you know, that's neither here nor there. Fantasy-wise, obviously, Dearden didn't start that well. Uh, which probably wasn't as much his fault as what some people would be suggesting. Uh, so he's just more of a wait and see for now. Um, but Tomalolo is really the big question mark here. There's a lot of discussion in the Facebook group about Tomalolo. Uh, where are you sitting at him? I'm an owner and I'm, mm. um, I've got him in my uh, – basically I'm going to be loopholing him every week. Yeah, I mean, he's a little bit of a interesting case, isn't he? Um, he's had zero tackle busts the last two weeks, which is very rare for, for a guy like that. Um, you know, we're normally uh, expecting him to rack up the tackle bust numbers. Mm. Like last year, he was averaging, 
about like three or four tackle busts a game. So, yeah, to see zero in the in the past two weeks is interesting. And and his minutes have been good. Like you would um, normally, you'd be thinking if Tom Lolo's playing fifty five to sixty minutes, you'd be all over that. Um, well, that's that's why I jumped on him because I was like, oh, yeah. the minutes the minutes are there. That's good. And I can't blame you either, like, seeing that we, you know, we got a, a 84 in round nine with a try and then a, a 50 in, in round 10. So, I mean, the signs were there and it's just, yeah, sort of fallen off a cliff the last two weeks. Um, I mean, how are you feeling? Yeah, well, like I said, I've basically got him as uh, he's going to sit in my loop slot now. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I've got the luxury that I've got Gamble there who scores pretty well and obviously he's going to score really well while he's doing the 99% of the kick meters. I've also got Marju in my emergencies as well, who's good for 46 points a game, apparently every single game, <laughs> two 46s in a row. Um, so, you know, I mean, I've got the luxury that I can loop him out now that I've got Bradman Best sitting my red dot, which I'm, I'm not, I might trade him or I might, I might like wait and see how Gamble goes. And if Gambo goes really well, I'll hold him and I'll loop Lolo out if Gamble doesn't go very well, I might just leave Lolo there and, and trade Best out. I'll, I'll sort of attack that as the weekend turns up. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm certainly not filled with confidence, and I'm not rushing out to buy any Cowboys players at the moment. Sharky's side of the ball does have a couple of interesting options. Obviously, Sean Johnson, we've already spoken about, seems to me to be in the top two buys of the week. Mm. Uh, you're the big Sean Johnson guy. I'm just. I'm just coming along for the ride as a as a not an agreeer. Um, so talk to me about Sean Johnson. Oh, mate, yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of Sean Johnson. Um, I picked him up last week and, yeah, it was a pretty, he rewarded me with a very handy 71. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I was talking about this last night and how it just seems like there are certain teams that end up uh, with way more kick meters than others. Um, and the Sharks and the Bulldogs are two of those compared to, say, like someone like the Titans who end up in these like back-to-back, like, oh, sorry, like yes, end-to-end sort of games where, you know, poor Fogarty's struggling to get, 200 kick meters. Meanwhile, like doesn't matter. Sean Johnson, Chad Townsend, whoever's at halfback is racking up close to 600 every week. Um, so, I mean, when you're starting at, at a base of you know 20 to 25 points in kick meters, and uh, I think I can't remember who it was. It might have been um, old Jason Oliver on Twitter pointed out that uh, Sean Johnson had his most his career high in receipts last week. Um, so touched the ball, yeah, the most uh, he yeah. has in his entire career in last week's game. Um, he's, he's just, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I think he's an absolute jet and he's going to suit these new rules. Um, he had a million try assists last year. And now that he's partnered with Matt Moylan, who we know from earlier in the year when he was partnered with, uh, when it was Moylan and Chad, that Moylan does next to no kicking. He's averaging about 14 kick meters this year. Um, you know, and Sean Johnson the past two weeks, 409, 604 kick meters. So you have to think he's going to be getting at least 20 points a week just in kick meters plus, you know, say six points in goals as well. It's it, it, To me, it points to all signs that he's going to be a keeper half. Yep. No, I agree. I, uh, I'm i I'm a big fan. I'm jumping on this week. Going Brooksy to Johnson to free up some cash to bring Avarillo in and I think making two pretty good upgrades there. So, uh, outside of that, in the Sharkies team, I mean, Tolman's just plodding along. But the other one, somebody that you highlighted that I skipped over last night, uh, is uh, CSE Vitalikai, who seems to have taken Wade Graham's spot. So it looks to me like he's going to get round 15, round 16, but that's three weeks, uh, and then 17 as a minimum, mm-hmm. um, with a 50-something break even. He's... Certainly not an urgent buy, 
Mm. But I mean, if you wanted a cheap player that you can plug into your scoring side, it's not a horrible option. Um, I mean, the wording here from the Sharks is they're going to be extra cautious with Wade Graham because of his recent concussion history. So does that say, do you, are you hearing that and going, well, Pappenhausen we thought was going to be back in round, you know, whatever, and he came back in round, you know, there was the AC joint where they rested him. What was it, round five or six he got knocked out and he was out, he's been out for nine weeks? I think he, I think he had the AC joint in like round five or six and he was out for a couple of weeks, came back in like rounds. He came back magic round. Let me have a um, check. I think it was round nine or ten, whatever magic round was. That's when he ten. came back. Ten, yeah. So uh, yeah, and that's when he was KO'd by Fui Maiono. So, mm-hmm. so how long's so been 11, 11, 12, 13, 14, and we're now in week five, and he's still not back. All right. So so five weeks. and then six. So he'll be seven weeks return to play. So mm. that would put Wade Graham at round, say, round twenty. Yeah. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then. Talakai does look like a good buy. Um, again, he's probably not one you want to. He's probably one you can wait on if you want, but because um, his his scoring is very sort of yo yo. Um, like we sort of compared him to uh, Harry Wiranara in that you know he can give you a game in the second row where he scores you know thirty four in eighty minutes, but then you know a week later he can give you a trial of seventy six. Um, yeah. you know with a, with hundred ninety meters. You know, and a few tackle busts. You know, he's one of those guys. He's really up and down. You don't really know what you're going to get out of him. Um, mm. If his break even was a, was lower this week, I'd be a lot keener to to jump on. Um, yeah, I, I just yeah, it's it's and it's really tough with these concussions because it's not like any other injury where you've got a this guy's going to be trying to play. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, if something happens where you know the Sharks aren't in finals contention and you know, they say uh, Wade Graham's going to take the rest of the year off, then, man, I, I think he could be a great buy. But um, he's probably not not one I'm going to jump on this week, but he is someone I'm going to keep an eye on, I think. Yep. He feels to me like somebody who could end up like an Isaiah Papali'i type, mm, you know, just go absolutely – and nobody's got him and then they're paying 700 grand for him later and then Wade Graham comes back right in the middle of head-to-head finals when everyone's run out of trades. You know, that <laughs> feels feel to me like – Exactly what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, it's certainly a dice roll. There's a guy on our Facebook, I think it was Brady, um, who has like 16 trades left. If you're in a mm. position where you've got lots of trades, you could probably look at doing something like that. Yeah. Um, but if you're, if you're like me and you're straying down into single digits this week, um, maybe not not so much. I'm, I'm really considering like a flagler to Talakai trade and just rolling the dice. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, the, the perfect scenario here with a Talakai is you buy him, you ride him up to 600K over the next five or six weeks and then trade him to Cameron Murray, who's at 600K. Mm. You know, something like that is, is your dream scenario, really. Uh, Panthers versus Roosters on Friday night, which looks to be probably the game of the round. Uh, so Cleary comes back from a gash in his face. Um, Api Corusiel gets squished by Mitch Kenny into the interchange. Momorowski laid a nice 17 out for his people that held on to him so long and then has now been dropped along with uh, Tyrone May and uh, Kikau's out with a hammy injury this week. So they get Liam Martin starting and that uh, Isaac Targo onto the bench. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I mean, it's really the Nathan Cleary show. Obviously, if you got him, you're holding him, you're captaining him. Um, Outside of that, 
It's a bit sparse. Stephen Crichton's not scoring as well as what people would have hoped. Um, Matt Burton's doing his stuff, but that's pretty much he's maybe got one more game in the halves, you'd think, yeah. uh, potentially in round 18. Uh, but outside of that, um, I mean, the big thing here is a lot of people with Brian Toto, who's scoring has dropped off a little bit. Uh, and they're coming into a, uh, a tough schedule, the second toughest in the NRL. Um, mate, if you were a top owner, what would you be doing with him? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a good time to look to upgrade him. Um, you know, maybe target someone to around 17. Uh, and there's a lot of great fullbacks getting around too. I guess none of them are around 17 options, given that they're all uh, origin players for the most part. But... Yeah, a lot of these guys, it's it's not looking good. Like, I wouldn't even bet on Burton getting another game in the halves. Like, round 18, the Panthers play Sunday afternoon. So, no guarantee that um, Burton even plays in the halves in that game. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's not a lot happening outside of Nathan Cleary here. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's uh, a bit surprising, I guess, for a, a side that's going as well as they are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got Dylan Edwards, but he's sort of – Coming into that tough schedule didn't really kick on like we were hoping that he would. I know we recommended him to a couple of people. Um, I mean, for Stephen Crichton owners, I know you're looking at, you know, moving him or you just you're hanging on to him as your dual, you know, yeah. um, car type of thing. Yeah, he's probably worth holding for the, just for the dual, like stick him in your 18 and, you know, like uh, you can even loop him in towards that back end of the year when you're looking at bringing in like a looping red dot. Yeah. Uh, because you know yeah. he's got these games in him where he can put out huge scores, so I think he's yeah. probably worth holding. But yeah, it's just a lot, a lot of money to hold, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Rooster side of the ball, obviously Teddy. I saw somebody say on the group today, "Is it crazy to sell Teddy?" Um, or maybe that was yesterday. Uh, my, I, I just don't really understand that question. I guess is my. He's averaging 51.5, which is way below what we expected of him, but his last three scores are 80, 55, and 53. Yeah, well, (laughs) yeah, I don't even know how to answer that. I mean, like, if you take out that uh, that game where he got KO'd and only got six, he's averaging 56. So, um, And his low score of 36, which was against the Storm. Yeah, so yeah, probably, I don't really understand. It's probably better than, better than previous seasons. I mean, he's missing some of the ceiling, and, I mean, he's got Panthers and then the Storm the next couple of weeks, uh, misses the game against the Bulldogs. But, you know, you've got Cowboys and Knights who should be pretty good attacking games. The Eels certainly aren't um, defensive juggernauts. I mean, Panthers in round 21 is not ideal, but then Broncos-Dragons in, um, in the middle of the head-to-head finals. I would be... I, you know, and he could he could score eighty against any of those teams. Yeah, for sure. I, just, I, and, I don't understand the thought process of trading him. Yeah, I mean me either, honestly. And like I, I was watching that um, that Panthers Titan, uh, sorry, that Titans Roosters game last week. Just I was like, oh, I wish Teddy, I wish Teddy was playing. Like he would have scored about eighty last week in that game. <laughs> that was set up perfectly for yeah. him. But yeah, no, I think he's. I mean, he's still an elite fullback option. Yeah, and he's only cheap too. He's only 600K. Like, it's not like you're cashing him out for a profit. You're losing money on him. Mm. I think, uh, yeah, I think Roosters always peak at the end of the year and you're going to want to have him in your team. Uh, outside of that, this Roosters team's not flush with fantasy options. I mean, you've got Crichton there who you're just owning and he's plugged into your team and he's uh, an option every week. He's trying to, you know, set the record for most demerits, which is 
a bit of fun. So he, he's got, now got the record for the highest amount of points while uh, having over 25 demerits in a game. So that's that's fun. <laughs> he went from being a really good captain to being an okay captain last week for me. Um, but outside of that, I mean, Manu is much better at fullback than he is at centre. And, I mean, he's not going to get a massive amount of games. He's going to get that round 17 big score at fullback, you'd think. Mm. But outside of that, it's kind of it's going to be relatively quiet, you'd imagine. Yeah, he's probably not in that um, that keeper centre, uh, you know, real... You know, he's not up there with the with the elite options, is he? Um, if if he no. had dual, he'd be a pretty good uh, cover option. But yeah, he's probably not one for your final team. No, I mean he's only fifteen k less than Peachy is. So, you know, oh, I, I I think I'd pay the extra for Ramian there at that point as well. I'd pay the extra thirty five k or whatever and get Ramian yeah, if I was sure. shopping in in that price range. Um, Outside of that, I mean, this Roosters team's pretty quiet. There's the Kieran Verrills thing. Obviously, uh, a lot of people were planning on bringing Verrills in this week, but he's on the bench, so you have to imagine that's going to be a 55-25 or 50-30 split. Um, obviously, Kieran's the best goal kicker on this uh, Roosters team by a, a, a considerable margin, mm. which obviously is bad news for Verrills. I had some, someone say, oh, can I bring him in anyway? I was like, well, you can, but how many... 25 to 30 minute hookers do you have in your team normally like <laughs> take the guy's yeah. name off no, honestly on. what, what are you doing yeah no spot on if I had to buy if I had to buy one of the two I'd be buying Kieran and I say that as a Verrill's owner so um, yeah yeah. like for mine I think Kieran's probably the better cash out option uh, compared to Verrill's mm-hmm. is I, I I honestly don't think Verrill's is going to start this year I think it's going to be the Kieran wearing nine for the majority of the season, mm. to be honest. Yeah, well, he's shown he can do it. So, and I mean, mm. Verrills, they, they have the uh, the old saying, the best ability you can have is availability. And mm. uh, Sam Verrills is rarely available for some reason. So, outside of that, we're going to move on to the Knights versus Warriors game. So, Pong is back. Piercy is back. Bradman Best is out with Tuala going into the centres. Dominic Young holds his spot on the wing. Uh, one of those players probably that's going to be better for footy than real, uh, like real life, better for real life footy than fantasy. But, um, I mean, as far as actual fantasy options go in this night side, Connor Watson's back on the bench with a four forward bench, which is not ideal. Uh, obviously not looking like he's going to pick up any halves duties anytime soon now. Um, what are we doing with Connor Watson? A lot of people moving him on. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I think I'm in that camp. I would have loved to hold him as a, uh, you know, like as an 18 man, given that he covers hooker and mid, two of the harder positions to fill this year. Um, but I, I just don't think I don't. I just can't see him getting the minutes to really push uh, close to a 50 average for the remainder of the season. Given that, you know, we've got Clemmer, uh, both the Sofides, Mitch Barnett. We know they can all play big minutes, so. Yeah, I really just don't see how Watson gets more than like say forty minutes, maybe forty-five tops. Um, yeah, which really just puts him below that that rung. Unfortunately, it's really it's a real shame. Yeah, no. So I, uh, yeah, I think he's good to be moved on whenever you can. Now uh, I've seen a lot of people moving him on this week. Uh, Ponga. Is at 760K with an 80-odd break even. So, I mean, he's not a rush buy. Probably at a, a target of around 18, 
Yeah, he's definitely not one I'd be I'd be targeting this week, especially given that he's probably not going to goal kick now either. Um, mm. You know, coming back from a groin injury, they've got Jake Clifford in the side. I, I can't imagine he'll be goal kicking this week. And I mean, Clifford's not a terrible goal kicker and Ponga wasn't that that great either. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Clifford just goal kicks for the rest of the season, to be honest. Um, I mean, even so, Pong is a keeper a keep center. Uh, sorry, a keeper fullback. He'll... Um, he'll be in that elite options, but uh, yeah, just without the goal kicking, he's probably he's probably not going to rival, um, you know, say a Pappenhausen when, once he's back. But um, still yeah. a target, I think. Yep, absolutely. Uh, outside of that, there's not really a lot happening here. I saw someone looking at Daniel Safidi. Obviously, that's not a good idea. Brody Jones gets uh, to stay in his uh, back row spot until. Uh, Frizzell comes back, but obviously that's pretty short term now. So you're basically just praying that Frizzell's recovery takes a little bit longer if you did manage to snap up uh, Brody Jones when he was named. Uh, other side of the ball, Reese Walsh comes back. Good news. Uh, yes. Obviously we're going to be plugging him back into our starting 17 with no hesitancy. Uh, outside of that, in this Warriors team, it's basically just Torhu Harris. Um, but then there's a couple of other options floating around here. Obviously, Ewan Aiken's one. Um, got a couple of mid 30 scores in a row now. So he's representing an interesting option for people looking for a centre, um, especially for overall players, being that he is going to play that round 17 by. Uh, and they do have a soft schedule coming up. And he's a, a high base stat, but he can also put in some, some attacking stats as well, type of player. Um, I had a couple of people ask me today about Sean O'Sullivan, including Matt, our Raiders guy who we had on earlier in the year. Um, and we sort of fobbed him off a little bit, um, but he's not that expensive. Are we sure that he's not a buy? Uh, I mean, I guess, oh God, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you're the previous owner here. Um, I guess a lot of people have that last performance we saw from him was that <laughs> 19 against the Dragons um, on the way out the door. But I guess before that, you know, we, we got some good uh, scores out of him. And before he started, I had him pegged for a mid-40s average. Um, mm. I don't know. I, he just doesn't, he doesn't scream amazing value to me. I don't think he's going to make that much money. Um, and so, I mean, at that point, he's like, do you see him as like a, like a keeper 18th man. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't see much value there personally, but what are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm inclined, I'm inclined to think along the same lines. I mean, you know, I certainly don't, I wouldn't say it would be a mistake to get him. Um, but mm. I mean, yeah, it's just a, a matter of where you, where you're wanting to spend your final trades on a almost half, you know, but I mean, if he if he averages forty something, like I mean, his three scores were you know three over forty five, and then a, a really poor score against the Dragons, who were absolutely flying at the time. So I mean, there could be something there. Um, I mean, I mean we, it depends we, we, how many. We, we've already seen him get dropped for Reese Walsh once. Like it's also not out of the realms of possibility yeah. that Walsh moves to five eight, or two of us as Sheck moves to five eight. Mate, that's that is mo- that is more my worry than anything else. So mm. yeah, that was that was the first thing that came out of my mouth was I don't trust Nathan Brown, uh, which is you know a sentiment that I hold. But I just wanted to actually spend some time on it. 
Fair enough. Uh, so obviously Wade Egan's out. Jazz Devonga named it hooker. We're not going to be mucking around there. I'm expecting that one of these bench players is going to get dropped out for Teniala Utakolo. So he's a hooker. I mean, the other alternative someone highlighted today is maybe Bailey Siren and play some hooker, mm. which he's capable of doing. But I mean, that'll just depend on how they want to go on the day. So and how um how he trains, I guess. But um, I mean, the buys here is basically just uh, Tohu. I mean, Curran played uh what fifty eight minutes or something like that, uh, which is good signs for him. But he he's we highlighted yesterday. We spoke about him. He gets a lot of his points from tackling rather than running. And with a soft schedule, maybe he's going to be doing less tackling. Yeah, potentially. I mean, it's it's also maybe encouraging for his minutes if there is a bench hooker here. Uh, you know, maybe he is because I mean, we we noticed in the, in the in the Warriors game last week, he was sort of playing a similar role to Tohu in that it was like a hybrid edge lock, like he was sort of shifting between the two at times, similar to what Tohu does. Um, so I mean, maybe with if there is a bench hooker on on there, we we see Curran getting closer to eighty. Um, mm. But I mean, I don't. Again, like he's sort of like O'Sullivan. Like I don't think he's a bad buy. Like you're not going to regret buying him. Like he's probably going to make a very handy eighteenth man, especially if he gets dual position. Um, but yeah, he just doesn't scream amazing value. Like I could definitely see him averaging in like the high forties. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nah, just, um, yeah, I think if you had got him 100k ago, he would have been really good. He's kind of a bit out of the, the price now. Uh, next game here, which is the Dragons and the Raiders. So, uh, I mean, Ben Hunt threw up a 31 last week in a really poor performance by the Dragons where they've gone 1-17 to 17, uh, from last week somehow. Uh, I don't really know why they've done that. Um, Lomax floating down there in 21. Have to think he's pretty close to a return, which I guess maybe pushes Beal out. Um, Willie Army to the wing. Who knows? Um, but I mean, fantasy wise, here it's it's basically just McCulloch, Ben Hunt, and Jack Bird. Yeah, they're the big ones here, aren't they? Um, you know, McCulloch <laughs> was in his tackle bot finest on the weekend against the Bulldogs. Oh, it was beautiful. Uh, yeah, he made like what sixty-one tackles in seventy minutes. Yeah, it was just. He was in, yeah, he was in fine form. Um, yeah, Ben Hunt came back down to earth a little bit, but again, like you sort of expect that from Ben in a in a game where the Dragons don't play very well. Um, yeah, outside of that, there's not much happening. I guess you know Jack Bird's obviously a keeper center now. You want to be hanging on to him. Um, you'll get dual position too, you'd assume. But um, yeah, uh, I, I guess also keep a lo- keep an eye on Lomax. He's got a high break even. Probably going to be very cheap. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's coming in really cheap. So, yeah, certainly, definitely one to to have a look at there. Um, I mean, uh, do we want Jack Bird to go back to center though? He seemed to be getting more of those like garbage tackle busts and stuff. He sort of saved his score last minute this week. So, yeah, he's yeah, uh, just to hang on and and uh, and pray at this point. Um, but uh, for the Raiders, uh, I guess the big news here here is Bailey Simmonson uh, having a really good performance and keeping that fullback spot. So obviously we think he's going to be there until he shows that he shouldn't be there. Uh, the Raiders' schedule is average. It's not great, but it's not poor. Uh, 300 and, what is he, 366? Uh, is that, you know, enough to tempt you? 
Um, I mean, for mine, probably not, just because of the position. Like, uh, this is sort of what we spoke about last night in our first attempt was that um, for mine, given that you're going to have a team full of wing fullbacks, like the majority of us are going to have, uh, you know, what Teddy Turbo, a, a Pappenhausen eventually, or a Reese Walsh, uh, maybe even a Ponger at some stage. Um, yeah, for mine, like he, he's a guy that's probably not going to be in your in your final 17 so you're either buying him as a you know like a cash cow to make you some money and upgrade to a final team guy with your last trade or whatever or he's gonna sit in your side as like your 19th man but then you've got you know you're gonna have a wing fullback on your bench most likely um yeah for mine I, I just i just don't think he represents much um not not value. When I say he doesn't represent much value, I don't mean in terms of cash. I mean more so in that his position isn't going to be too too useful. I think in mm. what would be my final seventeen. But I mean, if you're if you don't have that fourth wing fullback, then hey, I mean, I, I could see worse options out there. Yeah, it's certainly a good budget option, but I certainly wouldn't want to be relying on him for my scoring team constantly. Mm. And, and I mean, you got to trade one in and then one out. Uh, outside of him, obviously, uh, the rest of this, uh, Valame, Chris, Tomoko, is a bit of a mystery and probably not worth, the upside's probably not worth trying to find out and pick the right one. Obviously, Rapana's fallen off a bit of a cliff. Uh, Harawira and I are ticking along. Uh, obviously, he had one of his, like, he was starting really badly and then he got the, uh, the try there, which helped, and then he got knocked out, which... Uh, I guess offset it, uh, what could have been a good score there. Um, but we're kind of just, if you got him, hang on to him. He's probably going to be a final team, you know, borderline fringe 17 type of guy. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I've got him penned into my final 17 now, or maybe final 18. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you have to, you know, when you buy him that he has that type of game in him where he, he does. Um, you know, he does uh, go a little bit yo-yo in terms of PPM. So it's not out of the ordinary, but it, it definitely seems like his ceiling's a lot higher this year given that the new rules sort of suit these tackle-busting uh, tackle edge players. So, mm. yeah, I, I still think he's a final 18 type of guy. Yep. Uh, I mean, the other one there to have a look at is Josh Papali. He's got Origin to deal with now, so um, he, but he represents an interesting option if you're looking for a pod and you're only playing head-to-head. But, I mean, you're sort of in that range where you're almost like he's almost the same price as Payne Haas, and I know which way I'd be going at that point uh, post-Origin. So uh, I, I guess the other one to keep an eye on is they got Xavier Savage in 18, who there's got big, massive, absolute massive wraps on him. So he could be coming for any one of those backline spots at any time now. He'd be a really good cash out. Apparently he is Hamiso, Josh Adokar type fast. So um, he's been absolutely ripping up uh, reserve grade. 7.30, Saturday night, Storm versus West Tigers. Hines, what looks to be his last game outside of uh, round 18 appearance for Munster, uh, what we'd imagine. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I've seen a couple of people moving Hines on this week, which I don't think is a terrible idea uh, as long as you're making a good trade there. Um, and then, obviously, we've got Jar Rules going absolutely ham uh, in the seven jersey. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he's kicking on really well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, he's probably going to end up being a final team half 
Uh, it almost seems like it's his team now and not Munster. Mm-hmm. Um, as for Hines, I, I mean, I've I've got him. I'm not very keen to move him on this week. Like, yes, his his cash uh, rises have have sort of petered out now, but I mean. Coming up against the Tigers, like they're about 24-point favourites. You'd have to think Hines is going to be in the thick of it when it comes to points. And, you know, worst case, you're going to get a 45 like last week. Um, mm. Like, I don't know. I still think you, you, he's worth holding for another week because you're going to get a decent score out of him this week. But um, I guess there are some people that are sort of, you know, desperate now for head-to-head wins and stuff like that, getting closer to finals. But um, I think he's worth holding for one more week. Yep. Um, I mean, outside of that, we've got Brandon Smith, who seems to have tries. We uh, we a bit laughed at TK about saying that he's his tries are part of his base, but they do seem to be at the moment. I don't know. <laughs> he's no longer a block of cheese. He's shredded mozzarella now. Uh, <laughs> he looks to be fit and firing and just absolutely loving this running game. Wouldn't put it past him to score another try this week. Um, outside of that, we're not mucking around with the forward pack here in Melbourne. All lambs uh, come coming, hopefully coming good again for people that got, have him. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's probably some people impatient out here, out there with him. I'd probably just encourage them to just hold on and wait for him to uh, to shoot back up again. Yeah, especially again going into this matchup, um, you know, with with Munster now uh, outside him, you got to think he's going to be have have his chances again in this game. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he's worth holding. I think he's probably going to end up being like my 19th man center, uh, you know, wing fullback cover via Dane Gagai. Yep. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think he's a final final team player. Maybe not someone you want in your 17 week out, like week in, week out, sort of maybe um, play him depending on the matchup type of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is definitely a matchup you'd want to utilize, I think. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of the matchup, which is the Tigers, uh, so Dane Laurie uh, seems to have, uh, I guess, arrested any price rises that he could have made. Uh, a lot of people looking at moving him this week, myself included. I'm not emotionally attached to selling him or keeping him. I'm sort of just, I guess I'm not really sure what I'm going to do there. Um so, I mean, you sold Laurie a while ago, so you're not having to worry about that. Um, mm. And, I mean, we're tiger-free since 2021 now, so uh, both of us. So I moved on, uh, well, assuming I move on, Laurie, this week. So maybe I'll I'll do it just so I can de-tiger myself. Um, really the only player that you want to be looking at as a potential final team player is going to be Luciano Lelua, who's uh, dropping some cash. We see if you got him, you're holding him. But if you don't have him, he's a potential option for somebody for the run home if you're looking for a cheap edge option to uh, to fill up your bench spots. Yeah, no, definitely. He seems like a like one who's, you know, ticking away. He's uh, mm-hmm. scoring all right. Yep. Only two scores under 50 all year, I think. So. I've yep. seen some people like wanting to sell him this this week though, which is which is interesting. I, I definitely would uh, recommend against that. Um, I know the Tigers do have a bit of a tougher schedule coming up, but he's put up good scores against some of these tougher teams. So mm. I, I think he's worth holding. Yeah, well, I think he does a lot of those garbage stats while he's trying to create points for his team, which is kind of what you're looking for there. Mm. Um, yeah, just absolutely crazy. Uh, Parramatta versus the Bulldogs. Uh, everyone's favourite. I mean, not favourite player, Clint Gutherson. <laughs> Everyone was getting a bit pretty mad with us on, or me on Twitter for uh, trash talking Gutho. <laughs> but uh, I mean, fantasy wise, he's uh, 
scored a couple of tries last week, but that happens in floggings. He might get another couple this week. Um, although the Bulldogs did show a lot of heart last week. So, I mean, we need to probably be looking at them as a grinding team now that they've got all their players back, you know, their forward packs, you know, back to full strength um, or as full strength as it can be. Um, but, I mean, uh, BA must really hate Fergo if they're playing Sean Russell on the wing this week. Yeah, who I don't even know who Sean Sean Russell is. It's <laughs> I think he's I think he's Kurt Russell's son. Oh right, right. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, he's good to see that he's uh, he's isn't following in the dad's footsteps. He's, he's yep. chasing his dreams. So good to see. Yep. Um, yeah, no, mate. It's a good thing that we're a Warriors fan podcast because you've upset the entirety of Western Sydney. You started with trolling Panthers fans, telling them how shit Matt Burton was, and that you know. Oh no, I started with the Dragons fans in the preseason. Oh, mate. You? Don't you worry. Yeah. Oh That's yeah, I was all over right. the Dragons fans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're just working your way uh, through all of Western Sydney, aren't you? Now yeah. you're on to Clint Gutherson. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, good thing we're no we're a Warriors fan podcast. So. That's it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love the Warriors. What can I say? I wore my jersey last week and they lost. It's the, only, it's the second time I won it during the game. They've lost both games. So I think I must uh, <laughs> I must be a bad luck for them. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm the king of the jinx, apparently. So speaking of jinxes, I uh, was getting ready to, to eject Matt, uh, Mitchell Moses from my team as I was watching the game. And then he put on those couple of really good attacking plays, which obviously the Eels actually have the hardest schedule coming up of any team. So... Uh, he's one to sort of keep an eye on. Obviously, uh, we're projecting him for mid to high 50s as a, as an average, so certainly not somebody to sell. Would probably be a luxury trade at this point, I would have thought. Yeah, no, definitely. I think he's one which is worth, um, again, worth keeping uh, keeping a hold of unless you've got a stack of trades there. Um, you know, we, we've seen what his, his, low, his low score now is a little bit higher than what it has been in previous seasons. Uh, like what's his, like, I guess he had that injury game, but... Outside of that, um, he's been pretty good uh, for the most part. I think he's worth holding on. Um, I know a lot of people had mentally traded him when he dropped that try, <laughs> that absolute sitter. He somehow managed to bomb that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's one of he's a tough one, though, because I guess there's a few people out there with Fogarty and Moses and they're like, they were all preparing to trade him and now, <laughs> now they're not sure what to do. Yeah, average of 80-something between the two of them on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, which I'm not mad about because I have both. So I'm just I'm just crossing my fingers and praying at this point. Uh, I guess the other one that people have been looking at trading a lot this week is Ryan Madison, which just seems crazy to me. Um, I know, obviously, he's had a couple of low scores, but, you know, the nature of players this year is they are getting low scores. They are being rested when there's blowouts. You know, there's nobody that seems to be exempt from that. Um, I mean, aside from Cleary, but, you know, Madison's not 1.2 million. He's 600,000. So... I mean, for me, uh, I've seen a couple of people looking at trading him to Papali'i, which feels like sideways to me. Um, and you're paying what sixty k to do that? No, eighty yeah. k to do that. Yeah, eighty k. Yeah, um, and like you highlighted last night, like you said um, earlier as well about Mitch Moses, that the the Eels do have one of the harder runs home coming up, and we know that Madison is a accumulator and that he loves to tackle. Um, so, I mean, you have to think in, in these tougher games, he's going to be on the field a little bit longer and he's going to be uh, accumulating more tackles. Like, I don't think, you know, they're not going to, they can't flog the Tigers every week. So, uh, um, yeah, he's a tough one, though, because, I mean, he hasn't played 80 minutes the past four weeks. So, I can definitely see why owners are getting a bit frustrated. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's worth I holding. I mean, there was, a, there was a sin bin in there. 
as well. Yeah, there so, was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Mm. Um, but also, he got 73 in 70 minutes and then got an early shower as well. So it's not like he can complain about that either. So, And when was the last time Papa Lee played 80 minutes? Is the other question as well. Well, so, I mean, he would have played 80. Like he would have, I mean, he would have played 80 last week if it wasn't for the sin bin as well. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I mean, it's nice to see Roach on there ruining everybody who got uh, Lusick this week. So, I mean, that's good for the forwards. Probably promising that both of those edge guys are going to play 80 minutes this week with that development. Um, but uh, I guess from the Bulldog side of the ball, um, Avarillo is the big news here. Mate, I know you're a uh, an Avarillo stan. Mm. So why don't you talk me through Avarillo? Yeah, no, I mean, I've, he seems to me to be the best centre we've had since John Bateman. Um, his base, again, is just incredible um, at the moment. The amount of kick meters he's racking up, similar to what I was talking about with um, Sharks games and now Sean Johnson or Chad Townsend, doesn't matter. They're always just racking up kick meters. Uh, I realise the same, and I was honestly, I've been really surprised to see how many, uh, what, what, the, I guess the large percentage, I should say, the kick meters he's been taken, taking. Because, I mean, I don't think Wakeham's a terrible in-play kicker, but, um, yeah, I get Avarillo's just taken over all of them and he's just, yeah, this is now his team. He's the halfback of this side now. Um, it, I, guess, I guess the only worry there is if Flanagan does come back um, and pinches, say, goal kicking or or does start to eat into those kick meters. But when he's once you know, the current scenario that he's paired with Wakeham, he's by far the best set in the game currently and yeah like I said the, the best uh, centre we've had since John Bateman I think and just incredible base stats yep no I uh, I think it's uh, looking pretty good for him at the moment so I'm, I'm definitely looking to bring him in this week uh, outside of that though this Bulldogs team's pretty sparse I certainly wouldn't be looking to rush any of these guys in uh, outside of that last game Gold Coast Titans versus Manly. Um, Campbell gets the uh, next start at fullback. We do have Brimson down there in 21. Marju holds on to that wing spot with Don in the reserves. He seems to be playing well enough to keep that job um, and seems to be absolute fantasy gold, assuming that he can actually stay there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I know you jumped on him in round 13 and he appears to be, you know, I mean, we knew coming in that he was going to be a, a good for fantasy. He's just, he fits the, the mould um, in terms of tackle-busting winger. I guess the only concern is Corey Thompson back um, in a few weeks if he can, who, he, who he takes out, whether he takes out Marju or Sammy. Um, it's it's really hard to bet with coaches because we know coaches do hate your fantasy team. So yeah, I, I guess he's, mm. not, he's not one I'm, uh, I'm not diving into head first, but if you picked him up in round 13, you'd be laughing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, he's, uh, he, I'm really, I jumped in, you know, and got him really cheap. So I'm really happy with him. Uh, obviously Kelly's the other one. I'm not super excited about Kelly and I'm, I'm looking at my team trying to work out ways that I can park him in my, you know, number 18 as a cover type of guy. Um, I mean, 52 with a try, uh, before that was 27-25 with a try. So, I mean, he hasn't actually scored under 20 all year in the centres, which is pretty good, really, um, as far as centres go. That's what you're looking for. Um, his run's sort of middle of the road, probably leaning towards tough. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm irrationally looking for ways to, to bring somebody in that's better than him. 
Uh, we know the Titans are a finished strong type of team as well. Um, certainly probably wouldn't be buying when you got Gagai there for 40K more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the big fantasy relevant guys in this team here is Fogarty and uh, Dave Fafita, who managed to accrue like 27,000 tackle busts in 40 minutes on the weekend, which was interesting. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was fun to watch. <laughs> Someone with Fafita in my side, and he was a pot in my head to head. Uh, you know, I was, um, I was tearing my hair out when he got benched, and then when he came on, and, and then he got uh, had to go off for the HIA, and yeah, he just came back with a vengeance. He just loves to uh, just push people off for fun, and then just run back infield and do these crab runs. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. he's great for fantasy, and um, it definitely, I think, a must have final team. Yeah, I think he must get paid per tackle bust. <laughs> he's got to. That's the like only he's, got an, he's got an incentive. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. So I'm putting the C on him this week as a non-Cleary owner. I'm pretty excited about that. Obviously, Peachy's back into his lock hooker bench role type thing. So we can expect maybe 15, 20 minutes of hooker and half an hour of lock, uh, which, you know, he's going to put him at 40 probably. Um, I'd certainly, if I didn't have him, I wouldn't be buying, but I'm probably just hanging on to him at this point. Cause it's, you know, I mean, a 35 to 45 a week is, is pretty good for a center really. Yeah. I mean, you can, I guess uh, what you can rely on Peachy is he's going to have a good base. So, um, probably not one to buy yeah. given the other cheaper options, but definitely hold him. Yep. Manly, it's the turbo show. Obviously, he's back this week after being rested last week. Daily Cherry Evans got a massive score here, so which puts him, you know, I mean, any value that he might have had after the Origins basically dissipated now. Uh, so good on anyone that got on. I saw a few people captain him, but I have to imagine they had five or six teams running and they just chucked the C on him for a joke for one. And then, you know, that team's actually coming like 45,000 in the rank or whatever in their actual team. They had somebody that wasn't DCE captained. Um, but outside of that, there's not really a lot happening here for fantasy. Obviously, Carl Lawton um, is sitting there at the moment. We don't know what's happening with Schuster in terms of when he's going to come back and whose spot he's going to take. Makes both Mole and Carl Lawton a bit of a risk, though. Yeah, it does. You can't really buy any with uh, great certainty. And given that we're at the pointy end of the year now where you're sort of finalising your team and saving trades for injury, you're... Um, yeah. I don't know if Lawton's one I want to be uh, diving head first into. But, I mean, that's a, there's every chance he does hold that spot, and he's been scoring quite well. He's just he's certainly a risk. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, for me, it's basically just turbo, and and then it, you know, Schuster, if you're holding or selling, I'm sort of, I'm not emotionally attached in either direction with that decision. So, I think you know, go with your gut. Um, if I had to suggest, I mean, I sold him already, so obviously I had a. My gut, um, but it landed on Tomalolo, so maybe not. Uh, did you have anything else on the on this last game before we uh, wrap it up? Oh, I guess, you know, just to touch on my man, Marty Tapao. Any chance I get to talk about Marty Tapao, the better. Um, because he hasn't been really yep. fantasy relevant for a little bit, but he's been putting up some good scores uh, uh, the last few weeks now. I think he's... He's got, fifth, what, 74, 58, 54, 46, 52, 65. So maybe he's back. Maybe yeah. Big Marty's back and this uh, new game's starting to suit him. But, um, yeah, he's certainly my, well, one I mean, of my favourite players. he's an attacking player, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we know he's an attacking player, so he can certainly take advantage of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, as a as a passing piece of advice for overall players, uh 
I'd suggest just be careful when you're looking at guys now. Um, obviously, we're where the trades are running down. You know, the, we're all looking for you know a, a, an edge here and there. And I mean, I'd be looking at guys who are keepers and playing round seventeen, not just buying numbers to have warm bodies. If you're looking for a cash out, you can look at guys like say Shoop, for example. You know, he's cheap and he's going to probably get you 25 points in that round, but you're not buying him for those 25 points. You're buying him for the cash out and what he enables you to do on top of that. Uh, I mean, yeah. There's uh, there's, there's not a lot of really, really good keepers for round 17. It's basically Sean Johnson, Torhu Harris, and then a bunch of question marks, isn't it, really? Averillo, too, I guess, is a... Yeah, Averillo. Yeah, outside of that, there's yeah not a whole lot going. I guess a lot of people are going to have Reese Welsh. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of question marks out of that. I reckon if you if you somehow get to ten in round seventeen, you're doing better than the majority of teams. Yeah, yeah, no, I think so. So, yeah, that uh, I reckon that'll just about do us. Obviously, we're not doing a Q and A tonight. Uh, obviously, a couple of the other podcasts do Q and As and. Um, we, uh, we answer a lot of questions and do a lot of trade chat on our Facebook group, Twitter. So you can send us an inbox on Facebook uh, to the Fantasy Amateurs uh, Facebook page or you can join up to our Facebook group. We have a trade thread there. We've got, you know, 700-odd people talking trades and fantasy. You can get heaps of advice there. Um, and, uh, yeah, obviously we're, we're talking footy all week and all weekend and, and we're involved in the group as well. So that's the best way to get us uh, and we'll uh, – We'll see what sort of special different type of content we can come for you next week while we've got the week off uh, for State of Origin. Yeah, sounds good. Love you guys.